Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to the village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective. And this week, I have another amazing woman that I am interviewing. Her name is Kyra Hardwick, and she is just she's incredible. And so I cannot wait for you to hear her interview. So before I introduce her officially, I'm going to read you a little bit about her bio. Kyra is an operational leader, skilled in team integration and developing process delivery methods within organizations, highly developed strategic and analytical skills with the ability to train and or implement on multiple levels. Kyra has established the ability to identify opportunities for profit protection, as well as the opportunity to increase efficiency within the infrastructure of an organization addressing people, process, and profitability. She is an effective communicator with a knack for developing cohesive and productive teams. She is experienced in the development of both process and policy, and Kyra's cross-functional experience provides a broad spectrum approach to addressing opportunities within an organization, creating a delicate balance between people and process. Kyra, welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective. It is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much, Laurel, for having me here. And thank you for such a wonderful introduction and welcome to your audience. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm just so excited. Um, and I will, just so everybody knows that's listening, I have Kyra's full bio that I will also post um, in the show notes so you'll be able to see the full thing. Um, I just wanted us to have a little bit more time to, to chat today. And Kyra and I actually met at a Houston Black Chamber event, and we were sitting at the same table together for a little while, and she was an MC, and I was like, I need to meet this person, and we ended up chit-chatting at the end and said, we need to connect, we need to connect, and the year got away from us, and then someone in my mastermind group that I'm in said, hey, I know this woman in Houston, and her name is Kyra. I was like, no way! (laughs) So, the power of network, right? So, Kyra, as we get started, let's start at the very beginning. So tell us a little bit about more about the Kyra company and what you guys are doing and how you're helping out businesses. Absolutely. Well, first of all, let me just say, so we're a full service business development firm. So what that means is we literally work within your core operations of your organization. So we're working with everything from your HR development and really more from an organizational design Mm -hmm. all the way through to your processes, your workload distribution, your communication plans, making sure that you have a solid flow of processes that your people are working, your sales flow works well. We're really looking at all the interworkings of your business and making sure that you are, you literally are fit and healthy to be able to continue to generate revenue. And one of the things that um, we've learned, especially as our clients are addressing their client facing solutions. So whatever their product or service is, mm-hmm. is that they're presenting to their customer as they're facing, you know, the delivery of that changing um, their method of, co- of delivering their services, et cetera. We're really looking at what, what do our leaders need that are running these organizations? Can we help them become more reassured and confident so that they can make better decisions? Can we, amidst crisis, help them pivot properly and think about the movement that they're making mm-hmm. um, and really get a little bit deeper into the space of their, you know, their intellectual um, approach to such a sensitive and humanistic 
issue that we're facing right now, we've had to really adjust kind of even how we've approached our clients um, in this crisis. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a, it's really been um, a learning curve. I think what has been beautiful for us at the Kyra company is our culture has always been directed at the human humanistic aspect first. So people have always been at the center of what we've done and how we've done it. And so we've always been very intentional about that. And so our language of the firm hasn't necessarily changed, but maybe how intense we've driven that home to our customers mm-hmm. has been really, really intense, you know, and showing them, listen, guys, I know you want to make some changes. I know we're going to do a riff. We're going to reduce in force. I know we're going to change your workload distribution. We're going to think about who your, you know, essentials and your non-essentials mm-hmm. are. But as we're doing that, let's make sure we're not moving in a panic and we're moving because we have a strategy associated with our movement. And a lot of that comes, you know, Laurel, you think about it with organizations. A lot of that has come from them having strong strategic plans. Right. And- being able to refer back to the baseline, which is the plan always mm-hmm. to say, okay, this works. This doesn't work. Let's move this. If we move this peg, this peg will move too. And so mm-hmm. showing them how to go back to the basics mm-hmm. and go back to that 2020 plan that they put in place. And let's look at what our numbers were going to be. And let's look at all the shifting that we've done so we can make sure that as we're moving these dominoes as a team, that we have thought through the effect because that's kind of, you know, I don't know, I think resoundingly amongst all of my colleagues, we found that to be the most important thing. You know, cl- companies are stopping to talk about culture. Like they're right. stopping to talk about culture. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, that's huge. That is yes. huge. And yes. it, is, it is such a foundation for the bottom line. And a lot of times we don't get there. We don't get mm-hmm. there until we're mm-hmm. important to do or we have some major, you know, um, kind of uh, anomaly that happens in our company needs to go through a major conversation about diversity and inclusion or something like Mm -hmm. that. But we're preventative now. And I think more of our customers are listening to the preventative dialogue that we have with them and the communication plans that we put in place so they can think more sensibly about how they're structuring their business for their future. And that's been, that's really been huge, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, that's the thing, you know, I've been telling people all the time, you got to start with, there are two things, there are two things, Mm -hmm. strategy and people. Yes. Yes. Two things. And so if you don't know where you're going, how do you know who needs to be on your team? Yeah. So you got to go back to the strategy and it doesn't have to be some big blue ocean, Peter Drucker thing. It can be really simple, right? But you got to have one. (laughs) You got to have some kind of plan. It yeah. is, it is the bottom line. It's the basis and people, and I, we did this, this uh, training and I probably need to do it again. It's the anatomy of a strategy. And mm. I will tell you the core of a strategy is, is simply this. It is, it goes back to the basis of probably any math problem, any, mm-hmm. any writing assignment you've ever done in school. If you apply it, it is, where are you now? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be? Right. Right. So if you're trying to solve an equation, what is the problem? And the mm-hmm. goal is to simplify it how much, right? Mm-hmm. Or the writing a paper, they used to say, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what you told them. I mean, tell them and then tell them what you told them. Mm-hmm. That was how we were told to write a paper. Right. And a strategy is the same way. The part where you're telling them what they need to understand, that's the difference. So let me break that down. So where you're starting, which is today, where am I starting? Mm-hmm. What are all the things that are in 
in motion for my business. And we break it down by saying, what are, who are the people, what are the processes and what's the profitability, whether Mm -hmm. we're trying to gain it or whether we're trying to manage it or, or what we're losing it, whatever that issue is. Mm -hmm. And then from there we say, okay, where do we want to be? So it's our current state and our future state. Mm -hmm. That space in the middle is the journey. That's the Delta. That's the change. That's where we apply all the brilliance that we have to say, okay, if I know I'm here and I want to get here, here are the things that I need to do. Here are the people that I need. Here's the money and the resources that I need. Here are the investments that I need to leverage. Here are the relationships I need to leverage. Here Mm -hmm. are the processes I need to create. I need to sure up. I need to train on. Um, here are, here are all of the things that we need to leverage to get us here. And that, that happens only when, you know, a business owner or a leader per se is smart enough to really slow down and give right. themselves an honest assessment of where they are and give themselves themselves an honest forecast of where they love to be. And I say love to be because sometimes it's where we like to be, but where mm-hmm. would we love to be? Because I feel like if you're going to go through the process, get to the most optimal or optimum solution, get to that best the best potential or best possible spot mm-hmm. in terms of your market position and then work it from there. And I think that's the part that we miss because we want to go from A to Z and you've actually right. got to get every single point in between. And some you can move quickly through because you already have the answers, but some you may have to spend a little time and slow down and implement, right. automate and talk to your tech team and find out Who's really not happy inside your organization anyway? Mm-hmm. What can you do to fix it? Have an engagement conversation. They, I tell people, I remember telling a VP one time and he was talking to me about trying to get some numbers, right? I need these metrics. I need these numbers. I said, that's fine. I said, but I'm going to need to train the leaders so that they understand how to do it over and over again. I said, right. you either have time to do it right or do it over. Yes. And, you know, it was one of those, if you've ever had this, one of those 445 meetings on a Friday. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You want to just scream and you're like, get out of my office. Yes. And he's going to, you know, I remember him. He was arguing me down. No, no, no. You don't need to do that. Just tell them where they need to be. I said, no, because I'm going to have to do it again next month. I'm going to train them. I said, so the results you want in 30 days, it's going to take me 60. It may take 90, but it will be repeatable. And I bet you it'll be better than you'd ever get. Right. And we went and we did it and we did it and it was consistent. They had to change their metrics and their expectations for all their branches once we got them on board. And I said, see, this mm-hmm. is how it goes, you know, but it's the, it's the long route, you know, um, right. it's not a fast path. And I will tell you, if you're looking for a quick hit, you know, your low hanging fruit is your best bet. But if you really want sustainable change, you've really got to look at where you are and your processes and your people and really be honest about it so you can get there. Absolutely. It's, I had a CEO tell me years ago, sometimes you got to go slow to go fast. Yeah. You know, you just got to slow down because once you slow down and really get clear and get it right, that you can move so much faster because you got the plan. And you, you know what to expect. Plan. Let mm-hmm. me just share, I'll sh- share this with you in a bit of transparency. Um, when our company does our strategic planning, we typically do it in July of the, of the exist of the current year for the future. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we do strategic planning for our clients and we typically do that around fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. if we have ours completed or as complete as possible by October, then we're in a good position to help. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we started looking at some of the shifts that we made, and this is right in alignment with your go slow to go fast, 
we were planning for a year to um, change the way that our organization served our clients so that mm -hmm. we could put more weight on our uh, consulting team and add more layers there and do mm -hmm. it in a way that wasn't going to bankrupt the business essentially. Mm -hmm. And so we had already, you know, mapped out the plan. We'd already identified the roles, the job titles, the, the salaries, um, uh, the the distribution of the work, what silos they'd be working in, what the communication plans would be like. That was a part of the strategic plan. So when we um, got into a point um, earlier this year when crisis hit, what we were able to do as we slowed our business down mm -hmm. and our movement and our clients were coming in and going out, we were able to optimize that time and completely implement our new, you know, dished our new team, essentially. Right. We, we seven X in terms of the services we provide directly to our customers, because we already knew what we were going to bring in mm -hmm. and we knew who the people were. We were just really working on the timing and the right projects. And so we were able to leverage that immediately because we had a plan and it wasn't fast, but it was easier to do because we knew what the roles were. Like we yes. didn't go figure that out. And that mm -hmm. has been such a grace for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as people are listening to you, one of the things that I always talk about on my podcast is, you know, it, everybody's journey is different mm -hmm. and every experience is valuable. And as people are listening to you and, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, having come out of corporate and then gone into entrepreneurship. And yeah. so I've talked to a number of people that have done that. And then some of the state in corporate as well, but the, those, that necessary those necessary stripes that you earn, that, that the journey isn't just smooth all the time or just up yeah. all the time. So maybe now that people kind of understand what you're doing and this breadth of, of work that you're doing and, and delivery you're able to give to your clients, maybe step back a little bit and tell us about your journey. How did you get to the place where you know how to do this? Wow. So deep sigh, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I spent over 15 years in um, major corporations. So I'm a corporate head. I'm coming mm -hmm. straight out of, you know, blue suits, black suits, excuse me. Right. Grab some water. <clears throat> Woo, that choked me up. Right. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, take your time. Because <clears throat> then the water goes down the wrong way. Right. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. oh, now my voice is going to come back. Right. That's okay. Wow. <laughs> See, I got you all messed up. Thinking about corporate. This is a first, right? This is a first. <laughs> <clears throat> You've actually stopped Kyra from talking. So, <laughs> no. That's I don't awesome. know what your superpower is, but oh right? my <laughs> So back to what I was saying. Yeah. So yes, so deep sigh, right? Because 15 plus years, corporate America, corporate head, very much so in the in the rigidity of the constraints of corporate America. And I mean at the its fullest, I was but I'll tell you this one thing. I was taught by some of the best leaders I've ever, ever had the pleasure of encountering mm -hmm. from healthcare leadership to automotive design leadership to electrical distribution leadership. And I played in a bunch of different fields, but mm -hmm. I've always been in the space of operations. 
And so I've always been in a space of almost like I'm the construction manager for every company I go into essentially mm-hmm. because I end up having to build systems, build people, build opportunities, create new products, create new services for our internal customers, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I've always been. It's like, I, every time I got to a new, new, new role, I would say, is this the very first time that you guys have ever had someone in this role? I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I'm like, yes. why, do <laughs> why do I have to do all this heavy lifting? Right. And really just, <clears throat> excuse me, that I had developed such a standard of operation that when I entered into these roles, there were just gaps that were visible to me. And I don't, I don't know that I understood, I don't know that I knew that I understood operations as great and as well as I did mm-hmm. uh, until I got out. But I will tell you, um, when I moved to Texas, I worked in a couple of different organizations. The last organization I worked in about at this point, six years ago, um, I was, I was really fired. And, um, the only reason why I got a severance package is because I asked for one Mm -hmm. and um, I was the highest ranking African-American woman within this international organization. Um, I was working for the distributor that was a former mom and pop that emerged, grew, grew legs like crazy. I was Mm -hmm. a part of the entire infrastructure development. And uh, from an operation standpoint, I contributed, you know, my fair share. And Once I, once I was in that room and had that conversation and, you know, it's the cold conversation. There's no paperwork on the desk. And I'm like, what are we here for? I'm like, I'm having the best, most productive day of my week. What's up? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're like, Hey, we made a decision. I was like, what, where's my boss? Because I'm in here with the, with H, with the leader of HR and the Mm -hmm. CFO. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. to myself, there definitely, there's a VP that's missing. There's a branch manager over my region that's missing. Where are these people? Mm-hmm. And they're hiding in their offices, quite frankly, mm. and <clears throat> didn't want to face me. And so I said, well, let me go get them so we can all have a conversation. And that was kind of how I approached it because I understood the value and I knew that I had been in my ethics. And so it wasn't a question of performance. It wasn't a question. Right. Of, was I, I knew what this was. Okay. When we know what this is. Right. So when I left there, um, and uh, started to really reflect. I went through, you know, I'll tell you, Laura, I went through nine months, the hardest nine months that I had ever been through at that point in time. I bet. I and bet. it was t- tough because here I am coming down off my corporate high horse, realizing that I too could fall, realizing that perhaps I'm not good enough, think or thinking that I'm not good mm-hmm. enough, thinking I'm not at the caliber of quality that I always thought that I was. And having to deal with, well, was I being too cocky? Well, was I, you know, too forward? Was I too much of, um, you know, the stereotype that perhaps Mm -hmm. they had identified? And I started to really unveil that and really walk through that for myself and broke down some things and looked around at my family and where was I as a family, you know, a leader of a family and how was I as, at that time, a wife and how was I as a mother to growing Mm -hmm. youth? what was I doing? And I started to really just fully assess myself. So you talk about the strategic plan. Mm -hmm. I went for myself and where am I? And I was so blessed during that time. I will tell you, I have a stack that will go down in history of no's for all the jobs I applied for. Oh, I went immediately into a job search. It Mm -hmm. is so thick. And I mean, I was just being turned away and turned around by so many to the point where there's a, global uh, insurance firm that's actually headquartered here in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I had, I think, four 
executive level interviews to the point where the HR person called me and she said, I listen, I apologize. And I told them you're not coming back in here again. They can do this next one via, you know, Mm -hmm. via call. It was just so much. But what I realized was that the no's I was receiving were just confirmations of the gift that I had already manifested or was manifested within me. And so it just started to really shape. And the no's stopped becoming discouraging and they started to become affirming for me. Okay. And so... To take you a little faster, I remember being in church and I was praying and I was just waiting and you know, you know what that looks like when oh, you're in yeah. no job and the door opens and your your husband walks in and he's looking at you like, Did you get anything? Right. Like, <laughs> if you don't keep walking, you know, right. don't ask me one thing because mm-hmm. it was so much pressure. Um, and at that time I was sixty percent of the household income and I, I didn't realize that. And mm. so Um, We had to do some really amazing things to manage our finances, which we were blessed. But I will tell you, um, that pressure was immense. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember being at church at a prayer service and I was going to leave, but I'm a good old church girl and you don't leave in front of benediction. So I'm standing in the back waiting and I heard the Lord clearly say to me, you are the CEO. Mm. That's all I said. And I said, okay. And at that time I was running my nonprofit, which is now uh, several, it's 13 years old. Wow. I went home and I focused completely on my nonprofit within maybe 90 days. My nonprofit tripled in Mm. terms of access, school district contracts, uh, checks started coming in. And it was so funny because, and this is where I probably was a little cocky. I just (laughs) put the checks on the top of my desk so that when he would hit the door, he could not ask me a question, but just see that some paper was coming in. And then I was like, (laughs) right. I had to just show him with my paper, but that was how I was able to start to really regain some momentum. And so I think once I realized when I focused in on the things that were making the most sense that I already had, I was already Mm -hmm. leading a a, a healthy organization. Um, I didn't see it that way. And so I started to really just shift and I was sitting in a coffee shop one day working with one of my girlfriends and she had a question and I helped her break it down. And she looked at me and she said, what in the world? She said, I've been trying for two years to get this done. And you just did it in literally like 30 minutes. Wow. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, you need to sell this Kyra. She said, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? So for about three months, she was not, not even that long. She was on me every morning. She was sending me names of the business. She was like, what are you going to do? How are you, you going to call it? I'm like, I don't even know what this thing is. Mm-hmm. And I literally just, I started searching for mentors online and I, I stumbled across folks, you know, because I had gone to conferences and things like that. And I started reading old stuff and I found some mentors online and started following them for free. Like I didn't have access mm-hmm. to that. Right. And um, I started listening and they were talking that entrepreneur talk. And they were, they were, they were talking that talk and that talk started to speak to something way on the inside of me. And it started just pulling up my creativity mm-hmm. and it started to pull forward all of my ingenuity. And I had such a super charge of faith that came over me when I realized that something else was possible mm-hmm. and then I already had the skills and the gifts to deliver it. Like it started showing up and it was crazy. And I mean, I just went, I went all in. Once I realized I could, I did. And Mm -hmm. I just went all in and I listened to what they said. I did what they said. I followed the guidelines. And when I started to generate, generate money, um, excuse me, I started to invest on a small scale till I could really do it bigger. Mm -hmm. And, um, and get a little closer to them. You know, they had answers that I needed. 
And I knew I didn't want to be motivated. I needed to be guided. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to go from being motivated and, 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 you know, kind of um, inspired to a coach that could really give me action. Um, Mm -hmm. I call my BS when I started shrinking because I got nervous. Right. I needed that and I needed action and I needed action quick. And it was so amazing. I literally just walked with her for about two years Mm -hmm. and that's how I really built the Kyra company. One program at a time. Um, We started working B2B. I still work uh, direct to startups. I still do that program. Our founding Mm -hmm. program, which is called the CEO performance manager. We've not changed the price on it. We've not changed the duration of it. We've added more value to it. And we have birthed authors and small business owners and movement um, movement founders and mm-hmm. all kinds of organizations that wanted to come through and be really cultivated. I gave them what I, in that program, what I was looking for and then mm-hmm. some. And mm-hmm. that was when I realized that it could, it could happen. And I just went from there. I was crazy enough to put up boards in my room, in my office, and I would write my pipeline down, people I wanted to target. And I started Mm -hmm. showing up and um, the opportunity started to materialize. And I mean, just really the the path and and flow was God ordained, quite frankly. And it just, I needed all of what I experienced, man. That nine month period was immense. And treacherous, hellacious, revelatory. It was everything you could think of all in one. Um, you know, I did everything except for actually birth a new baby, but I actually did right, right? Without, right. The, without the physical labor pains, right? Emotional labor pains were, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't even remember what that felt like. You just, re- I can look back now and see myself in some of those settings, but I can look and say, oh my gosh, we were able to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and realize that we got to, now it's time to hire staff. Now it's time to, you know, get an office space now. And so where I reflected on, and just stop me anytime because this is this is no this is great yeah keep going okay. and where I reflected on like what did my kids see during that time right mm-hmm. I had a high school graduate I had a middle schooler and I had an elementary student and what are they looking at well right. what they started to see was that mommy literally went from sitting at this desk in our live our dining room that she turned into an office mm-hmm. every single day I got up I got dressed remember I was a corporate head right stayed on task dropped them off from school, came back in with my Starbucks and I got to work, so to speak. And it was right. just how it worked. And <clears throat> I was so blessed to be able to just show them and they could see it happen. I couldn't mm-hmm. even forecast it all, but they could see it happen. And I remember um, that their dad at the time, their dad said, he said, I have watched you and whatever you put up on that board, it actually happens. Mm. And I said, really? He said, I know when you put it on the board that it's real. And we had a board in our room and that was where more I put like a vacation or something. Right. Like but then the board in the, in the office was where I put my pipeline and he mm-hmm. would watch those people those names, those businesses get check marks next to them and start dates. He would mm-hmm. watch it happen. And I didn't know he was watching that, but I remember him saying that. And that was the first time that I realized how real manifestation and focus and, and that is, and, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I was just doing what I have been guided to do. And I was just right. like, wow, it is happening. And so we really launched on the bootstraps and the grit of purpose and focus like I was a real startup like a real startup and um 
both of my businesses, you know, really, really thrived in that space and they're still thriving. Mm -hmm. um, pivoting a bit, the nonprofit was really impacted in crisis, this crisis. And so oh, yes. mm -hmm. we are really pivoting now on that. But even in that, we already had a plan. The strategic plan for the next 18 to 20 months was already designed. It's already been presented to the board. So now it's like, hey guys, even though we don't have the traction from the last, you know, three, four months, mm -hmm. what we do have is we have a strong organization with great presence. Right. We don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to go back and start answering the phones again just because you had a lull. You right. go back and you catapult because you were already in ascension. And so mm -hmm. you start from your launch pad where you were. And I think that's one of the big things too um, that we had to really realize. So it has been a... When I tell you the grit is real, when I tell you the focus is real, the sleepless nights, all of those things that you mm -hmm. get after journey, you know, right. um, the gain weight, the loss weight, the, the, the friendships, the relationships, the right. clients that are absolutely irreplaceable that don't really realize how much they're of value to you until mm -hmm. you really share some intimate things with them. My clients become part of our family, so to speak, right. because we, just, we serve them with such intent and you know, now that we've pivoted a bit and extended our, our, our business, you know, we're really able to take on projects far greater than we ever could before, mm -hmm. um, which has been our dream. And now we're in that position and, and we've got, you know, opportunities before us that we've never had. And so just so grateful for, yeah. for that, you know, just staying in it. Right. As as I love it. And staying very honest and in integrity, in integrity, you know, non-negotiable. So right. that's been it. I will tell you, that is the story. You know, tears upon tears upon sleepless nights, but so worth it. Yeah, so and it has to be. And so, so, and as you think about that, I mean, we, I, I read something the other day that said, um, it was something like entrepreneurship is doing, uh, having the life, having a life that you or having a tough life or a life that's really hard now so you can have the life you want to live later or something like that, mm. right? That mm -hmm. it is it is that kind of digging in, like you said, the grit, that bootstrapping, all of that sacrifice early yes. so that you can get to a point where you, you have built and can continue to build the life that you want, the business that you want and serve how you want, right? Yes. But it takes yes. some dedication to do that. Absolutely. What As you look back, what do you think was your most significant learning through all of this? Ooh, most significant learning, trust God, period. Okay. Yeah, undoubtedly. Well, I think that says it all, period. <laughs> like, I don't have <laughs> anything else to add to that. Like, right. that was the biggest, and I will tell you, um, this past year was an award-winning year for the business and for my personality brand. And <clears throat> one of the things that, I really fell completely into was just such a space. And I've always been a very optimistic person, mm -hmm. full of gratitude, full of, you know, joy. And I really want others to win. Like that's genuinely who I am. Mm -hmm. But I think when I realized that that was so available for me as an individual as well, and I didn't have to look outside for it. It was already mm. here. Man, that was such an awakening. And I know people are, you know, you see so much content about just love yourself, do this, do these mm -hmm. things. That is great to say. But there is nothing like a life encounter that awakens you to you again. Mm -hmm. And 
that is how powerful it has been. I am a very, I'm very much so a leader that believes you, believes you lead with love. I mm-hmm. think that we lead and we love others the way we want to be led and loved. And mm-hmm. I think we express that in so many different ways. And the most important thing that I had to realize was that <clears throat> my gifts are, are gifts to me and mm-hmm. my gifts then become the gifts I give to others. So they're not even mine to hold on to. And so as I, as I spend my time and I'm, I'm you can tell I'm obviously a very passionate person, spend my time mm-hmm. really sewing into businesses and listening to, it's nothing like listening to a CEO that says, can we take our meeting out of the office? Because I mm-hmm. really need to talk to you, which mm-hmm. tells me there's a vulnerability that I'm about to be yes. exposed to that the staff can't see. And I'm right. Leaving. We're headed to another venue and, they sit at the table and they're in tears and I'm holding their tears with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, no, you are, you are good enough for this role. You can do it. Let's really look at what we want to do to create the best opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me about all their pressures. I'm talking about someone leading a, a multi-million dollar organization. Right. And so <clears throat> that same person that has to face their, um, their own beliefs in themselves are will if they're willing to sit in front of someone that they know cares about their best interest and what's happening with them in the company, right. you can't pay for that kind of value. I could never charge you for what I've done for you today, tomorrow, in the future, and your family. Right. What I know for sure is that my gift opens me up to be able to be that to someone else. And that is such a high honor. I don't take any pride in that. I understand that is a gift and an opportunity that I've been afforded. And I think <clears throat> at the core of our organization, even our employees, and our contractors and our our, um, our JV partners, mm-hmm. we all operate in some way with that same stem of uh, of understanding, and we mm-hmm. express that to our our customers and our client groups, and that's just our partners. You know, that's how right. Great. Well, and what's so amazing about that and this common thread that keeps going through, and like you said, you know, things manifest. People come into your lives. When I look at the people that I've been interviewing, the women that I've been interviewing. There are a a number of common themes, but one of the ones that is very, very clear is servant leadership Mm. and service, right? So, so you saying things like, I am very clear that yes, this is my gift, but this is my gift to give. Yes. This is my gift to serve. This is my gift to lift up others. And so that whole idea that we can, and we do manifest what we think we become right what we believe we become but there's also this ability that says yes you're going to dig in you're going to grind you're going to make some things happen but if you're keeping service at the forefront of that all that other stuff comes back to you oh my gosh reciprocity yes oh my gosh like when i when i pass away reciprocity has to be written in 37 different places on anything (laughs) because I believe in it so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that um, I pray that anyone that comes in contact with me understands the power of the, of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And we've built our community. My sales funnel is designed as a cycle of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. I feel I didn't want to build a sales funnel that just extracted from others. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my coaches when we were designing it, I said, I don't want to just take, I have to give. And she looked at me, I said, this, what you're saying, what you're describing and how you're outlining it, that is one way. And I don't want that. And she kept looking at me and I said, I don't know what to call it. I don't know how to fix it, but I know Mm -hmm. I don't want that because that is not who I am. And she just looked at me and I said, I'm going to figure it out. And before, before too long, I don't even think it took a month. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I was leaving. I had left my, you know, VIP experience with her. We were digging in deep and I was like, here we go. It's mm-hmm. the smart CEOs. How do I give to a group of people that need what I need, what I needed, give it to them. Right. I don't ever want right. to have an answer. This was one of the thoughts I had because it happened to me. Oh my gosh. I almost got into this $30,000 contract and somebody had an answer that I needed and mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, right? I couldn't afford the answer. Right. And that like broke my heart. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't afford to get what I need. I don't ever want anyone to feel like that. So how can I create a space where others can get what they need and still be able to give to others? And so that was how we formed the smart CEO platform. And then I could hear that even when I'm converting clients into customers or customers into clients. And I was like, listen, here's what the investment is. And so it wasn't about me changing my price ever. It was right. more about showing them how and how to achieve it. So I show my customers how to generate their money to invest in me mm-hmm. and to invest with me. And I show them how to do it so that they could take If They need a 30 days. Let me show you how to create this money. Here's what you need to do. These are the things you need to do. I've given you that so you can actually invest, mm-hmm. right? You'll never forget someone that's taken the time to create that for you. So right. you can win. That was what I did. I didn't change my rate. I empowered them with information and insight and a new way to look at it. And then we dug in. And right. so there's always another way. And I knew I wanted to be a resource and, a value add partner to the lives of the folks that we were able um, to really impact and come in contact with. So that was huge. Reciprocity, reciprocity, reciprocity. I love it. I love it. And, and it, it really, if you are, if you're sowing seeds, those seeds will come back to you. You just got to know what you're sowing. Uh, ooh, that was good. I'm just that saying, right? <laughs> you just got to know what you're sowing because not every right. seed turns into that, you know, rose bush. Some of those seed turn into that bush of thorns. And so you just need to know what you're sowing. And so, you know, I think as I, as we got a chance to talk the first time, um, our, our, our conversation that turned into what, two and a half, three, something like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) As we were chatting. All we needed was an umbrella in our drink. That's it. That's all we needed. Right. (laughs) And, um, and one day we'll be able to do that again. (laughs) All this is over. Um, you know, I think the thing that, that came out to me in doing that, and again, that connection was, one, this real clear foundation of I know who I am and I know whose I am. That is key for me, right? There is, there is a different place where these gifts are coming from, and I am so grateful for those to have them. And to those whom much is given, much is expected. And therefore, it is, it is, it is just my calling and my purpose and my need to take these gifts and so more for others. So, you know, that connection that we had there and and for you to say those things like, you know, that power of reciprocity and, you know, your legacy is about reciprocity and showing people how to get the money to invest with you. So it's giving because, and then you receive. So how do you, you know, as you think about that from your, your, from the the learning, the most significant learning that you have, Mm -hmm. and then you turn it to what is that one key piece of guidance that you would give to someone? Whether they are a business needing help or whether they are in their career trying to decide to stay there or do their entrepreneur thing. What is, what is a key piece of guidance you give people as they are on their journey, their career journey, whatever that looks Mm. like? The most, the the key, the key, the key, the key, the key is going to be strategy. Mm -hmm. And so as a master strategist, I say to anyone, write out your plan. Mm Mm-hmm. 
write out your plan and assign your plan time, assign it resources, whether it's people or money, um, and assign that, assign that plan and give it legs. That is the key. I don't care what you're doing. You know, corporate America, I wrote out my career path. I went mm -hmm. back and did 10 years of what my career timeline was so I could see who I was and what I become. Mm -hmm. I used that in a proposal to get a new job and mm -hmm. inside the same company presented mm -hmm. them my progress because they can't see what you've done. You have to right. present back to them. And so the plan in so many ways builds your pathway and that is the key. So be strategic about your living, be strategic about your life and be very clear that if you create a plan First of all, create it and write it. You can erase it. You can change it. You can move. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have something structural in some way that guides you, you have no clue where you are. The wind will right. come and shift everything about you. And you don't know where your foundational start point is. Mm -hmm. And so I say a plan is one of the most important things you can do. It's the thing our parents told us to do. It's the thing our teachers told us to do. It's the thing mm -hmm. our best or good girlfriend or homeboy told us to do. It is that thing. But go back, write a plan. Now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Five years, three years, two months tomorrow. I don't right. care. Right. Write the plan at least you have a starting point and you can speak intelligently mm -hmm. about what you're doing. Let me tell you the gift. Okay, Laura, I'm going to give you this is a gift that happens when you have a plan. Okay. When people show up in your life and you don't understand them or why they're there or how you met them and you're like, oh my God, I have no clue why I met you. You're one of the most amazing people in my world. Mm -hmm. Go back and look at your plan. I bet you right. they're a part of it. Right. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many times I've been ready for opportunities just because I wrote a plan, even if I thought it was insignificant. Mm -hmm. When I walked into this opportunity or I went into a room and the person I needed was right there. Well, yes. the strategy that I had was already written. So I understood it. I knew it. I didn't have to pull out the, the scroll. I was able to go straight to the person and say, here's something I'm thinking about. I'm working on. Is this something that we can align on? And now I'm speaking intelligently about what's to come. And then if I have to go back home and hurry up and get that plan together and more mm -hmm. than I do but here's the thing what I needed was before me because I was prepared and I, I could actually right. recognize it without a right. plan you don't even recognize those opportunities you just don't you don't. And I can so attest to that because I know, you know, it was, I've told people before, if I look at my career, it's just all over the place, right? I tell people yeah. I'm a mutt, right? My undergrads in accounting, I did an MBA, I'm all over the place, lived in a bunch of different places. Yes. And what so I that. knew, yeah. And what I knew was when I was in a thing, I was like, yeah, I'm learning and this is good, but it's not the thing, right? I just knew, uh -huh. I didn't know what the thing was. I just knew that the thing I was in wasn't the thing. And yes. so I, every time I would get to that place where I'm like, oh Lord, I'm just, this isn't it. I don't know what it is, but this isn't it. What do I need to do? How do I need it? And as you start thinking about that and saying, okay, you know what? But one thing I do know is I've got to get home. I have been away from Texas for way too long. I've got <laughs> to get home, right. right? I need to be home. I need to be home with my family. I need to be home. And this situation presented itself where I could come home and it, and I came home hmm. in a way that was, that was helpful for me. Right. It wasn't just right. packing my stuff and saying, I'm, I'm out. There was really some assistance in getting home because I had said it is time to go home. The yes. plan is to go home. I don't know what I'll do when I get there, but the plan is to go home. Right. And so, and then, you know, that happened. Then I got into something else. I'm like, I got to find something to do. This is what I want. I need something global. And so as you start putting things down, 
and start really saying, what is it that I want? What is it that feeds me? Mm-hmm. It, it, I, can, I can attest to that fact too, that you just, if you put it out there and you think about it and you write it down, those things tend to come into your life. The people come into your life, especially I wrote a plan months ago about, you know, having someone come into my life. And I was like, um, that I needed for, for some things that I want to do. And months later, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Yes. I, you know, how, how that happened. And so I think, and, and then of course you gotta, you gotta have confidence because then it happens and you're like, Ooh, wait, did I really mean that? <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, do God. I really see that? Right. So, <laughs> so you got to also have some faith and some confidence because we can also talk ourselves into not seeing what we're really seeing. Ooh, that's big. You know, cause I, cause I am one of those, I will admit God has got to burn a bush for me. Don't just send me little signs. I need flames. Oh I need smoke signal. You've got to basically tell me, point my eyes and say, Laurel, this is it. Right. Or I'm not going to see it. Right. So oh, my goodness. that guidance of, Make that plan. And, and I think the, the key to that that you said, because people get caught up in making the plan because they think if I write it down, I can't change. And mm. that is so untrue. And you said yeah. it. Write it down, erase it, redo it, but start somewhere. Yes. Start yes. somewhere. That consistency will take you into millions and millions yes. and millions of dollars of opportunity. It will just do it for you. I'm trying to tell you it yeah. will do it. <laughs> Just do it. And as you said, do the plan and then get into action because, you know, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yes. So figure out where you want to go, put a plan in place, which drives you to action, which moves you forward. Even if it's baby steps, forward is forward. Forward forward. 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 And you know, we don't have all the answers when we get started. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's a starting point and it's a desired end point. That right. space in the middle, that's the journey. That's the mucky stuff. We don't yes. know all the answers, but you might open a book that you hadn't read in months and all of a sudden you see the words differently on the page and you're like, exactly. oh, this is my answer. You'll hear a podcast. Oh, that was my answer. Right. You know, you'll have an off cycle conversation with someone that you hadn't talked to in three years. Oh, that was my answer. Exactly. And now you're filling in all those blanks and you're empowered because you know these are your answers. But if you're mm-hmm. not in tune with where you're going to go, and I right. will tell you, I'm going to tell you now, the answers don't come, <clears throat> like the awareness, awakening might be loud, but the answers, right. they're not always loud. They're no. so subtle. And <laughs> Exactly. I remember um, I was just reflecting kind of last week or so. um, I was taking some downtime and I was reflecting and I said, I remembered walking. I was on a walk and I was I was specifically asking that the Lord allowed me to to align with a particular type of leader. Mm -hmm. And um, I and I kept saying there were multiple of them, like there wasn't just one. And so all of a sudden the names like started flashing or they would Mm -hmm. call me or I get a text Mm -hmm. and I would say, Oh my gosh, this is the group. And Mm -hmm. then, um, the other day I was getting dressed and I was like, you know, thinking about all the things that I was doing and thought maybe where, maybe I'm not being effective. Maybe I'm not really doing all that I can do. Just having one of those moments Mm -hmm. where you're like, what does what I say really matter? Right. He said, I've given you what you asked me for. And then some, Mm-hmm. And I stopped in my tracks and I said, you know what? You sure did. Yep. 
You sure did. Mm-hmm. And I just had to really pause on that because I was, I knew, I knew the plans. So I already knew how to optimize once the resources right. presented themselves. But then I got so subtle. I mean, so uh, subdued in that moment. I think it yeah. was like, well, it wasn't too easy to implement. Right. Oh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Go slow to go fast. Right. Exactly. Exactly. When you're prepared, it, it's yeah. done. It's, it's done. Good. Um, just like they, uh, who was it, Oprah or somebody said, you know, luck is just when preparation meets opportunity. Come on. That's what that is, you know. So if you are prepared, if you are ready, it doesn't mean that you have all the answers, but it means that you are ready. Yes. It means that if something presents itself and it's just a little tweak different than you thought, you are ready. You have a foundation from which you can be flexible, a foundation yes. from which you can, you can pivot, a foundation that seeds you at least somewhat steady <clears throat> so that you are not just blowing with every wind. As you said earlier in the conversation, yes. if you don't have a plan, every time something changes, you change too. Yes. And, and you can't function well that way. Well, there are a lot of people who function well that way, but you're not going to necessarily get as much as fast, as deeply and mm-hmm. impact people as broadly and serve as greatly. If you don't at least have some grounding to know that your message is consistent, your purpose is consistent yes. and that you are delivering from your gifts and not just from your whim. Man, that's a complete mic drop. Complete. You know- <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, it's just, it's such an inspiration and to listen to you and your conviction and your passion um, about just one, owning your gifts, you know, and being okay with saying, no, I'm really good at this because it took me a long time to say, I'm really good at what I do. I am very good at what I do. And I actually believe that, but it took me a long time, one, to believe it and two, to be able to say it out loud because, you know, we're not supposed to be arrogant, Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be egotistical, you know, you're not supposed to brag, but here's the reality. There are things that I do. There are a lot of people that do some of the same things. No Mm -hmm. one does them the way I do them. Yes. And no one does what you do, Kyra, the way you do it with the Kyra company. No one. Because there is no other you. Yes. And I think that was the biggest thing that over the last, like 2019 was probably that year for me where I did Mm -hmm. a lot of, well, it was that year. I did a lot of Mm self-reflection. And so knowing that I had gone through nine months of like trepidation, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as I was emerging out of corporate into entrepreneurship, it also prepared me to be humble in Mm -hmm. a way that I didn't know I needed to be more humble. And so it wasn't about suppressing, like you said, that language of, oh, well, you know, I just try. No, 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 no. Right. But I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. What I don't know, I seek support and guidance on. And right. so um, I was just having this conversation actually earlier today with someone. And I said, what I do to reinforce for myself the value and the quality that I bring is I journal and I write lists to myself. Here's mm-hmm. what you bring to the world. Here's how you impact others. Here's what you bring to your intimate relationships. Here's what you bring to your children. Here's what you've done with your children. I tell myself those stories because there are those moments where I may not be at my peak of optimism and, and mm-hmm. gratitude to see the best in my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And I go back to the to the book that I've written in where, where I can reaffirm myself so that I'm not out there ser- searching for that somewhere else or spewing it into my client's space and losing customers because I've got a bad attitude. I'm going mm-hmm. back to search the source and I'm going back to say, okay, these are the things I know for sure. Mm-hmm. This is how I execute. This is what I believe. And I go back to that. And it is, my journal is massive, but it helps me 
man, it helps me so much to really mm-hmm. just be able to be grounded. Like I literally can stand flat footed. I'll get in the bed. Like it is a book to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in that thing. Like this is the best novel ever because <laughs> <laughs> right, it's giving me life. You know, yes. sometimes I need it. I give so much consistently, g- yes. gladly give it. I give out, you know, and my goal is to always be able to find a space, you know, to replenish. And my best mm-hmm. girlfriend, I never forget, never forget her asking me. And she doesn't take advantage of uh, the fact that we're best friends. And so mm-hmm. she'll be like, I need to make an appointment with you. Right. And I'm sending you some money. I'd be like, don't send me a dime. What do you need to know? We'll right. figure it out and build, right? And she said, Kyra, who gives this back to you? Mm-hmm. Who gives it back? And mm-hmm. I said, you know, I get it back. I do. I really get it back. And I couldn't name a person. I said, I think it right. comes back in the way that people share their impact, the the way that I've gone back and taken account of my behavior and the things that I've learned and the journey that I've been on. So that's kind of how the the replenishing happens. Mm -hmm. But I also learned very quickly, just in corporate America, even when you give, 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 and you're tired and exhausted, you're trying to figure out why you don't have any energy. You work eight Mm -hmm. hours at your desk. You came home, you drove, but I drove two hours, you know, in traffic Mm -hmm. and coming through the window and I'm tired and I had seven phone calls on the way home. I paid six bills on the, on the way home. That's right. There's a whole office in here. And by the time I get home, I'm hiding from anybody that needs anything from me. That sounds like, can I, may you, will I, you know, will you, right. I don't want, I don't know, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) So now I, one of the things I wanted to regain in my entrepreneurship was, man, I wanted to regain my energetic desire to be so much more to my children. Right. And that has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Like so amazing. And so I don't hide from them anymore. I don't hide from anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to come home literally and hide, but I don't because I'm so restored and replenished. And when I, if I need a source, I already know that I have enough around me to fill it back up. And um, also have, of course, those folks in the queue, if necessary, that you call to get that swift right. kick in the butt to get back on, you know, on track. But mm-hmm. that's oh, huge. I love that. Oh, that's so huge. I love that because we don't take time. We don't take time to put our mask on first and to re- re- rejuvenate and rest and reflect. And I, I will tell you, for, for those listening, I tell you what, I've got a journal and I, I have to do it. And sometimes... You know, I go back, I can't even read my writing. I mean, it's just been so frantic, right? Yes. And I, know, I can tell by what I'm, by how it looks, what my state of mind was. Right? Yes. If I can read it, I was in, you know, no, this makes sense. We're moving forward. If I can't read it, it's like, woo. So right. <laughs> I needed to just get something one. out. That was a rough one. <laughs> but but if you're listening to this and, and, and you've, I mean, just been poured into by Kyra, that last thing that she talked about is having that journal, not just the journal where you write stuff where you just got to get it out of your head or you just got to, you just got to process, but also that journal that is your journal about you, what you give to the world, the great things about you, the, the gifts that you have and having that be your novel about you, that is powerful that is really powerful and Kyra I'm, I'm gonna be doing that myself starting tonight is yes. having my laurel journal you know the beauty of laurel journal <laughs> you know Seriously. and just remember you know remember that make stuff. sure you have a beautiful journal that looks like yes. something you want to write in on a regular basis on the cover of mine it is a full eight and a half by eleven page and mm-hmm. it says design the life you love oh that's good is, I said blank pages oh my goodness no mm-hmm. lines 
Mm-hmm. I just pull out the Sharpies. I'm writing, I'm drawing, I'm creating. Yes. I'm creating diagrams, I think in pictures. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all about, it, it looks like it's a, it's such a hodgepodge to, you know, somebody would probably be concerned if they win. <laughs> but it's you. <laughs> it's you and it works it for you. Me. Yes. Oh my goodness, Laurel. It is so me. But I will tell you, make sure it's something you want to write in and yes. get a good pen, like a really yes. good pen. Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. And I'm like you. I, there was, um, there's a, a thing called, um, and I, I went to a retreat when I was on the board at my church and it's called Praying in Color. Uh-huh. For those of us who have a hard time focusing and literally you take a piece of paper or a journal and I got a journal and like either markers, colored pencils, whatever it is, and you draw your prayers. So yeah. like I would put God in the center and sometimes it'd be flowers. Sometimes it'd be abstract. There were, there were people there were, I mean, and, but that gave me a way to focus and concentrate on really being prayerful and grateful and focused because my, my hands are moving. And I'm one of those people that if I write it, if I can feel it that way, if I have that tactical sensation, mm. it seeds deeper for me than just thinking Ooh, about yes. it. Yes. You know, it seeds deeper. So I'm telling you people, this, this interview, Kyra has just been so amazing. You have fed us just just some amazing things. And I'm, I'm like so excited. It's only like four o'clock. I got so much other stuff to do, but I want to like get my journal and my, <laughs> and my markers right, and go journal. But I'm like, nope, you got, you got a list. You got your plan today, right? So you got to stay, stay on track, but I just want to thank you so very much for your time. I, this was just an incredible, incredible. My complete honor to be with you and you are so brilliant in the space you occupy. So absolutely. Yes and yes. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. It is just, it's amazing. And we will, we will definitely get on uh, the phone again and have another one of these. We'll have another version uh, for sure, because I think there is so much more to share and so much more to give to people. And I just, I think they will really enjoy it. So thank you again. Thank you guys for listening, for tuning into this episode of the Rutledge Perspective, and we will catch you next time. Thanks so much. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from The Rutledge Perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.